Do you find mitzvahs are innately rewarding, or do you need incentives to enhance your mitzvah performance? Welcome to the Transformative Daf. Today we are on page 24, Daf Chaf Dalet of Tractate Megillah. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman, and today we learn that with maturity comes the appreciation of Torah and mitzvahs for its own sake. Welcome to the Transformative Daf. Rabbi Akiva once encountered a man carrying a load heavy enough for ten men to carry. To say that the man looked weary as he ran to and fro would have been a massive understatement. The poor fellow looked like he was about to collapse from exhaustion. Why do you do such arduous work? Rabbi Akiva asked the man. I am not of this world, the man replied. This is my punishment for my sins when I was alive. Every day I must chop and gather wood. The wood is then lit and I am consumed by its fire. What did you do to deserve such an awful sentence, inquired Rabbi Akiva. I was a tax collector in Ludkia, said the man, but I was lax with the rich and oppressive with the poor. Is there any way at all, my son, asked Rabbi Akiva, that your sentence might be commuted? I have heard that if my son were to recite Kaddish or read the Haftarah, my soul would be saved. But alas, I died before I was able to meet my child. My wife, at the time of my passing, was pregnant. Now indeed I have a son, but there is nobody to instruct him. Rabbi Akiva set off immediately to Ludkia and found the boy whose father had died shortly prior to his birth. He taught him Kaddish and he recited the prayer in Shul. That night the tortured soul appeared to Rabbi Akiva in a dream. He informed him that he had been freed from his sentence and he blessed Rabbi Akiva. Says the Gemara, the person called up for Maftir also gets to be the Chazan for Shema and Shemona Esrei, and if he is a Kohen, he leads the Duchening. What is the reason, Rav Papa said, to grant him honor? Rabbi Barshimi said, lest they start a fight. Let's analyze this Gemara. The Gemara is worried about the fellow who receives the Maftir Aliyah. In order that he shouldn't feel slighted, we make sure to give him something else like leading Shachris. But why would someone feel bad about getting maftir? Ask any gabbai and they'll tell you it's the most coveted aliyah. Clearly then, in Talmudic times, the maftir was not particularly desirable. What was the reason for its lack of appeal? It boils down to the fact that maftir was actually an invented extra aliyah. At an earlier point in our history, the Roman authorities prohibited the Torah reading. In response, our sages instituted that we should read a corresponding portion from the Nevi'im, from the prophets. Once the decree was annulled, the rabbis decided that the Navi reading should remain. After all, outside of the Haftarah reading, most people learn very little Tanakh. In order to formalize the reading and connect it to the Torah portion, they instituted that the Maftir, the person reading the Haftarah, should also be called to the Torah. In order to demonstrate that it was connected but distinct, it became an eighth aliyah. It was tacked onto the first seven and fashioned in a manner whereby the reader would repeat the final few verses of the Sedra, a piece that was already laned by the previous honoree. So you can understand why people might have felt slighted to receive the addendum or afterthought aliyah, or why getting maftir might even have led to fights in shul. The rabbi's solution was ingenious. Whoever gets maftir will also get to lead shachris. Problem solved. Now, watch what happened somewhere over the centuries. As the story of Rabbi Akiva's encounter with the dead man circulated, the desirability of the maftir aliyah skyrocketed. 
First, it started with Avelim, those in mourning for their deceased parents, and then expanded to observers of sites, and then it eventually became the Aliyah of choice for Bar Mitzvah boys and Hasanim, grooms. Nowadays, everyone wants the Maftir. In fact, if you look into the later postgim, the later halachic authorities, you'll find rationales for why Maftir is the finest Aliyah, such as the fact that it involves the public chanting of, addi- of additional brachas. So now, instead of needing to compensate the maftir with other incentives, we've raised the inherent value of the maftir and made it a prized commodity. The truth is, the maftir should never have needed rehabilitation. After all, when you think about it, whoever received the maftir aliyah was given greater honor than any of the members of the tzibur who weren't even called up to begin with. The recipient should have been grateful for his kibbutz, his honor, regardless of how it ranked compared to the other aliyahs. But sadly... That's not how the human psyche works. We're quite content sitting in shul as a participant, but the second we get an aliyah, we suddenly start comparing our kibbutz to everyone else's, instead of simply thanking the Gabbai for the opportunity to bless the Torah in any way, shape, or form. And so, to begin with, the maftir was incentivized, until ultimately our sages were able to demonstrate the receiving maftir was not to be spurned, and they were so successful that people nowadays chase after the opportunity to read the Haftarah. That's really the process of maturity that accompanies us through life's journey along the path of Torah mitzvahs. In order to motivate children to learn Torah, we need to incentivize them. They're not running to class because they don't appreciate the importance of Torah. And so we offer them prizes and allowance money to get them to attend after-school cheder. I'll never forget the ice pops we used to receive as kids at Sydney Yeshiva cheder, or the cheder biscuits they would hand out to us at Adas cheder. As we get older, the hope is that we are able to develop a maturity whereby we understand the inherent value of Torah and mitzvahs. Nobody should need to incentivize a mature adult to come to shul or attend a shir. We come because we know that we're receiving the ultimate reward, the ability to connect with the master of the universe. Imagine a parent who gave candy to his adult child every time that child passed an exam at medical school. Of course, that would be ridiculous. When she was a little child, it made sense to reward her with sweets for paying attention and doing well at school. But hopefully, by the time she's reached medical school, she understands the importance of what she's doing and no longer requires external validation and motivation. Unfortunately, some of us are slow to mature spiritually. We might not need cheder biscuits to incentivize our sheer attendance, but we still feel burdened by our dedication to Torah mitzvahs. And so we console ourselves with the comforting knowledge that God will reward us in Olam Haba and the world to come. But that shouldn't be our motive. Torah mitzvahs are inherently valuable. There is no greater, more fulfilling, more meaningful task we could be engaged with in this world than connecting with heaven. When we learn Torah and do mitzvahs, we unite ourselves with the Almighty. The time and effort spent on Torah and mitzvahs should be the most exciting, exhilarating area of our lives. Everything else is merely a vehicle to reach the ultimate goal of spiritual engagement. If you're not feeling the passion of Torah and mitzvahs, maybe you need to refocus. Returning to our medical school example, think about the student who still needs the candy or pocket money from her parents to incentivize her to pass her exams. Clearly, her heart isn't in it. So what should she do? Find an alternative career to train in that will get her moving and inspired. Similarly with Torah study, if you're not excited about the shir you're attending, find another one. We all have different sharshe neshama, soul roots. Some of us will love learning Musar, others will prefer Tanakh. 
Don't bow to the peer pressure of which area of Torah is the best or most popular. Medical school is not for everyone. Likewise with mitzvahs. If shul committees aren't your thing, perhaps bikr chorlem, visiting the ill, is more up your neshama's alley. If public chalabakes don't do it for you, maybe helping out at a youth shelter is more your thing. Torah and mitzvahs are the most valuable commodities on earth. They don't need incentives. They are diamonds waiting to be gathered. May you quickly discover your area of spiritual passion, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe. To achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, the transformative Duff.